Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. I'm going to be reading from the book of Daniel, uh, Daniel chapter 6, uh, verses 3 through 5. It says this, it says, Then this Daniel, talking about the person of Daniel, then Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps who were basically another way of saying governors. That's what satraps were like leaders. Uh, He distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit was in him. Someone say an excellent spirit. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the governors and satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. These men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. And if you know the way this story works, they were trying to find something to convict Daniel of, he was spotless. He had an excellent spirit. They said, the only way we're gonna get this guy to trip up is if we change the law and say that you're not allowed to worship any other God except for the king. We know that Daniel worships his God three times a day. And if we make the law that you can only worship the king for 30 days, we know that he loves his God so much he's gonna continue to worship God. That's the only fault they could find in Daniel is that he wouldn't stop worshiping his God. Daniel chapter one, verses three through four says, then the king ordered, Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel. This is a man who had an excellent spirit. Today, I'm going to talk to you about having a spirit of excellence. Father, thank you for your presence here today. Uh, Lord, I pray for every person in this room that we didn't get to lay hands on at our New Year's uh, Eve service. I pray for every person watching at Colso today who we didn't get a chance to lay hands on at our New Year's Eve service. And right now, I just speak that favor and that blessing. What we were praying for the other night is that you would just cover us with your faithfulness, with your protection, with your healing. Lord, that our families would thrive, that we would rely on you more than ever, that we would have a spirit that reflects the nature of Christ this year, that we would grow in the character uh, and in the fruit of the spirit this year in 2020 more than ever, that our families would thrive, that everything we do would honor the name of Jesus. I speak that over them today. I speak today that this message would just reach hearts and Holy Spirit, you would move in a way that only you can. And we thank you for who you are today in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. I wanna have a spirit of excellence. If you do say amen, I wanna have a spirit of excellence. I think part of having a spirit of excellence is just knowing uh, basic facts about life. Uh, you, you just have to know what's going on. You have to have an awareness. I'm going to share with you an area that I didn't have an excellent spirit last night. Okay, here, here's, an area, here's an area that I didn't have an excellent spirit last night. So last night, uh, I come home from some friend's house, and uh, I noticed that there's some music coming from the, the back porch of one of my neighbors. Okay, so I have a few neighbors that live in my neighborhood that are, are, are really good friends. Some of them are, are elders and like people that go to the church are really involved people in the church. One of them is a friend of mine that pastors a church right down the street, Greg Squires. Uh, Greg and Brandy Squires, great friends. They 
pastor Freedom Life Church. It's a fantastic church. I'm grateful that we're on the same road here, just serving the kingdom of God, doing things. He's constantly calling us. As a matter of fact, I, I think this is super sweet. Uh, the Squires sent $1,000 to City of Life for our screen when they found out that we were uh, raising money to do an LED screen. That, that's the kind of people that are super sweet, truly great friends. He's a Cowboys fan, so you know that God loves him as well. Uh, he's a cool, super cool guy. The one thing about Greg, uh, Greg is just like, I think he's from Texas or something, just like white dude from Texas, just sort, sort of kind of like fun, fun type of person, but a little on the serious side uh, in terms of like, I, so I'm like constantly feel like I'm joking over you know, too much with him uh, when I'm around him, but he's fun. He's super, super nice. He brought me a bunt cake for Christmas and his, I mean, he showed up at my door with a bunt cake. So he's super, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. So I hear this music coming from his backyard last night. I can see his backyard from my house. I hear this music and it's, it's a little bit lit. I'll just be honest with you. Like, like it's, it's around like 10 o'clock and it's kind of lit. And like, I'm like, wow, like Greg, Greg is like having a party on a Saturday night. Like chill. I start hearing. <laughs> like I, I feel that little reggaeton flow coming from Greg's backyard. And like all my friends are Puerto Ricans. So like I'm like learning this stuff. You know, it's like I'm, I'm feeling it. It's like I'm getting like a little movement. I'm in my backyard. I start feeling it. So like I look over, I look over at all the people sitting in his backyard and I've got the door open and Amy's in there cooking. You remember how it was real nice last night? Cool. Like we had all the doors open. So I'm in my backyard by my pool. I'm like, I'm like, babe, like the squires are like kind of like having a party tonight. I was like, that's kind of cool. So I start looking over. I start, I start dancing, like looking at everyone in their backyard. Just start. She's like, babe, what are you doing? I was like, I'm just having fun. I'm like, these guys, he's like, apparently he's studied for his sermon tomorrow. He's ready to go. I'm just like, I'm like, Jude, come here. So like Jude, my son comes here and we start doing like this choreograph, like dance to the thing, like pointing at everyone. So anyways, I text Greg before I go to bed and I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm like, I was like, you guys are getting a little turnt tonight on Saturday night. I was like, that's, that's cool. I was like, that's fun. Like, you know, just, that's what keeps life fun is just having a good time. So I get a text this morning from Greg. And, and he goes, I'm not really sure what your text meant last night. Uh, I said, well, turn. I said, that's just like sort of an Alabama ghetto way of saying that you guys were partying, like having a fun time. He's like, yeah. He's like, we didn't have a party last night. I said, but I heard music and I was pointing at you guys and stuff. He's like, yeah, that was my neighbor's. <laughs> it's the wrong house. For two years, I thought that was Greg's house. He lives in the house next door. I was like pointing at his neighbors like, yeah, what's up? Let's go, let's go. So, yeah. I'm going to have to go introduce myself to those people. That's not a spirit of excellence. But I'm going to talk to you tonight, today, about trying to have a spirit of excellence. Uh, last week... I guess you could kind of call this a continuation of last week because last week I talked about uh, what's the most important kind of government. I know that sounds boring, uh, but the point is that it's not a democracy, it's not uh, a republic, it's not aristocracy, it's not a theocracy, it's not a totalitarian government. Uh, what, what government you're born under, you have very little control of. Uh, we can't help where we're born. Uh, so, so we all grow up, every person in the world, especially brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world, you grow up under a different type of government. The mo so therefore, 
the most important type of government for a human being is not the one that you're born into, it's learning how to practice self-government. Because when the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account of what we have done in this life, whether good or bad, essentially what that means is that we can't blame any of our actions on another person when we're standing before God explaining to him why we chose to behave the way that we behaved in our life, that is up to us. Therefore, self-government, learning how to control our thought processes, the, uh, the things that we do, the way we act, is a really important part of the Christian life. Learning how to govern your life in accordance with the Holy Spirit. We have this person called the Comforter with us. Uh, he is our counselor. Uh, he's the one that directs us and, and encourages us and leads us and do this, do that. So in, in coordination with him, we have to practice self-government. The other night, if you were not here uh, for our New Year's night, it was just a beautiful, uh, fantastic night. The, the, the place was packed. Uh, I kind of took this to the next level a little bit uh, and, and talked about three types of spirits uh, in, when practicing self-government, three types of spirits that you never want to allow into your life. I'm just going to touch on those really quickly. I'm going to ask you to go back and watch the podcast from that because it, it can be very encouraging, I think, at the beginning of 2020 to choose not to live with, number one, a wounded spirit. Can I get an amen from someone? Uh, that's a spirit of offense. A wounded spirit is someone that is always hurt. Uh, someone else has always hurt them and in, uh, in essence, a wounded spirit is unforgiveness. It's the inability to let go of something. And I got news for you. If, if you had unforgiveness in 2019 and you did not deal with it, you have it still in 2020. Uh, you have to let go of every wrong that has been done to you. And you have to give these things to God. Offense uh, is a fence that will block you from moving forward into your destiny. So offense is a fence that you build around yourself that keeps you from moving forward into the destiny God has called you to. Number two, an angry spirit. I talked about that the other night. Some people are just mad. Uh, they have that, that Taylor Swift life. It's look what you made me do. They, they be living that Taylor Swift life all the time. Look what you made. It's always about what someone else did. It's, it's an angry spirit. Uh, and then finally, a negative spirit. And negative people just can't shut up. They're just constantly, it's just always, there's something wrong with my boss. There's something wrong with this institution. There's something wrong with the government. There's something wrong with the church in general. There's something wrong with leaders, people. And, and it's just, and, and you know what? And the best way to deal with negative people is just to walk away from them in the mid-conversation. Just say, excuse me, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with this conversation. Just to leave, to turn around, and to walk away. Uh, Daniel is a great example in, in chapter 6 of, of Daniel uh, to say that he had an excellent spirit. People with an excellent spirit don't have time to have a wounded spirit. People that have an excellent spirit don't have time to have an angry spirit. They don't have time to have a negative spirit. Why? They're too busy having an excellent spirit. So raise your hand on a Sunday morning if you want to live with an excellent spirit today. If you want to keep an excellent spirit. I believe God's given me a couple things today uh, that we can dig into to learn how to be like Daniel. To have an excellent spirit. To affect the room when we walk into the room. We lift the room to the next level. Uh, we, we encourage people every time we're around them with our, just being around our spirit. So the word excellent uh, is kind of broken down from two Two Latin words, the, the word salare, 
is the is the salent part that we get, the salaire, and that means it's a high-rise. It's like a skyscraper. It's, it's a building that is extremely tall. And X means out of or above. So look at someone next to you and say, higher than a skyscraper. That's what excellent really is. It's higher than a skyscraper. It's taller than a skyscraper. A skyscraper is impressive. You look at it, you're blown away. Look how huge that thing is. Well, it's even being more impressive than that. It's taking everything to the next level. It's taking something that is high at a high level and exceeding that and going above it. And here is an interesting question. Why isn't everyone excellent? Why isn't everyone? Can everyone be excellent? The, the truth of it is that everyone really will never be excellent because if everyone was excellent, excellent would become average and it would take someone that's above that to be excellent. You have to have average in order to be able to perceive what excellent actually is. And here's something that's hard for us to understand and it's hard for us to get because we tend to think of, of, of polar opposites. We think that the enemy of excellence is awful or the enemy of excellent is terrible. Well, the enemy of excellent is not terrible and it's not awful. The enemy of excellent is average. Okay, we have a temptation in our world, in our culture uh, to just do what's asked of us. Have you ever heard anyone to break into this monologue where they're frustrated about their life and they go into this thing? They go, you know what? I show up to work every week on time. I have, I have done everything my boss has asked me to do. I never hurt anyone. I never blah, blah. And, and they just go down this thing and they basically are just talking about how average their life is. They do everything that's asked of them. They never try for anything more. They never try for anything less. And I, I, I'm afraid that if we're not careful, we will feel like patting ourselves on the back for just living the life that's expected of us. The enemy of excellence is not awful, it's actually average. An excellent spirit is one that is re resolved to excel in life, to go above and beyond, and what does it take to excel? It takes the ability to overcome resistance. That is, the ability to overcome and surpass problems. Say this out loud. It's tough to say. Say, life is problematic. Can I tell you something? Successful people, successful companies, successful businesses, successful individuals are people who have figured out a way to solve problems that ordinary people can't solve. That is what makes them exceptional. Is they have figured out a way to overcome the negative resistance in life. And that resistance is the thing that tries to bring us down and make us ordinary, make us average, make us willing to settle. It's that thing, it's that constant pulling like gravity. We have to push back against gravity. You know, you can't build muscle without resistance. You can't build muscle, there's no way. I mean, you, you have to be willing to learn how to master resistance in order to excel in life. So what kind of resistance do we deal with? If we're going to be excellent, we have to learn about resistance. Okay, so what kind of, we have three types of resistance that I want to focus on this morning. We have internal resistance, we have external resistance, and we have spiritual resistance. Three different, different kinds of resistance that try to keep us and stop us from fulfilling our God-given destiny to be excellent, to be Christ-like in everything we do. Now, here we go. Internal, external, spiritual. All right, now, 
Most people, okay, now this is hard. Most people are unwilling to recognize, to challenge, and to defeat resistance. Most people are unwilling to recognize the presence of resistance in our life. We just kind of blow it off. We don't think resistance is resistance. We just think it's, oh, that's just the way I think. Or we just think, oh, that's the way the world works. That's not resistance. That's just the way the world works. Oh, that's not a spiritual problem that I have. That's just the way, that's the, the way I'm designed. That's the way the human psyche interacts with God. It's just, it's just how we are. Well, let me give you some uh, indicators that you might be wrong. And I hate to tell you this today that some of this stuff is going to be tough to hear. But one of the reasons it could be tough to hear is that when our substructure starts collapsing of things that we believe that we've allowed to build this world that we can just be trapped from our destiny and we built this little substructure, sub substructure to support our belief systems, uh, it's tough for us to have it collapse and to not know how to build it back up again. But I think we've got something powerful to build it back on today. And I'm going to give that to you by the time this is over with. But the first area is internal resistance. And you say, well, what does that sound like? What does that look like? Well, internal resistance can sound like this. I'm not good enough. Uh, internal resistance can sound like this. I'm too tired. Did you know that my kids are not allowed to say that? You say, gosh, you're mean. Yeah, probably. Uh, but I just don't let my kids say that. I don't let, they're not allowed to say I'm too tired. Okay, why? Join the club of humanity. We are all very, very tired. Raise your hand. Yeah, I'm going to give you a free pass here. Raise your hand if you're kind of tired right now. I mean, we're all very tired. Okay, I get that. That's why it's not an acceptable answer when you ask someone, how are you doing? I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's not really an answer there. It's like everyone's tired. But, but what happens is that I'm tired is internal resistance. What that is, is that, it, that is a voice on the inside that's telling you, you don't have the energy to do what it's going to take in order to achieve greatness in your life. I'm too tired is internal resistance. I'm bored. I'm bored is internal resistance. There's some things that keep you from your destiny. I mean, how many people know that when I sit down and I start reading scripture yesterday, I was reading Matthew. I woke up the first hour of my day. I'm remembering scripture and I'm, 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 I'm going back and messing up certain lines and I'm, I'm just looking at it close. And it's like an hour. I'm trying. I'm like, is my memory getting bad? I mean, these are like only seven different verses here and I'm having trouble remembering them in order, but I'm going over it over and over and over again. You say, are you trying to say that you were bored memorizing the Bible? Yes. That doesn't mean that I don't love the Bible. It, it means that a lot of things in life that yield us powerful results can become monotonous if we do not learn how to master it. If we do not learn how to get authority and, and, and win the battle of resistance, then we will get sick of going to the gym. We will get sick of the same exercises that we do over and over. We will get tired of it. We will simply give up on the only things that have any capacity or ability to turn us from average into excellent people. I don't have enough energy. That's another excuse. There are people in this room that God has literally... It gifted you to write and to do great things, but there are those, some of those same people have sat in front of a laptop before for hours just staring at it and never tapped one key. Yeah. 
Why? Because internal resistance, we get distracted. Uh, we get frustrated. It doesn't feel right. This room has got too much light for me to write. Uh, there's too much noise going on. Uh, I can't write in this chair. Who could write in this chair? I need a new laptop. Uh, you know, like the, my software is outdated. Who could write on this software? I mean, so many things get us distracted. Even, in our, uh, even when we're trying to get healthy in life, we get distracted. We need some focus in our life. We need to learn how to recognize the resistance that is causing us to fail regularly. Anyone here ever gone to the store to buy workout clothes? Raise your hand if you've ever gone to buy workout clothes. You know that journey? You start looking at all the workout clothes and you buy that perfect outfit. You ever, you ever bought it and for some reason the moment you buy it, you feel like you lose two pounds. I mean, like, like you pay for it, you're feeling better already. You know, and then, then, then the next day, you know, when you go to put it on, you know, you just get, you get some house credit from all the people that you live with. They're like, hey, what you doing there? You're like, yeah, I'm going to work out today. <laughs> you're feeling good, you know, you, you, you feel, you're feeling thin. You kind of look in the mirror when you're walking by, you're like, yeah, there it is. But, but have you ever, you know, you ever got kind of distracted once you get the outfit on? You know, you're, you're, you look over, you're like, well, here's all the new food I bought. But what am I going to do with this old stuff? You can't just throw it away. You can't just throw away an unopened package of Oreos. So I'll have two of them, all right? Fine, two. And the two turns into five. And then you start answering emails. And then you just, you know, you spent your whole day in, you know, yoga pants or something. <laughs> it's like, and then you go to bed, you never worked out. You get distracted. Like, like resistance is a real thing. It, it, and it's, it's, it's funny sometimes, but sometimes it's actually not funny. Sometimes some of the really important, cru crucial, critical things that could be leading us to a successful, excellent life are defeated by... Things like, I'd rather finish binge-watching the show on Netflix. Or I'd ra I, I would rather, I just, you know, I don't feel confident enough to do it, so I'm just going to find something else to do. And we waste our lives on inconsequential things that don't lead us to fulfilling our pur purpose. Th those are things that are internal resistance. Okay, so I'm trying to tell you some things that will keep you from having an excellent spirit today. Okay, now there is external resistance as well. Uh, external resistance sometimes deals with things like I'll meet people who say, you know, Pastor Jeff, I really want to, this year I'm believing God's going to, you know, open some doors for me in real estate. And I'm like, okay, well, what are you doing? They're like, well, you know, I, I can't really, you know, I, I failed the test and I can't really afford to take the test and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and I understand that like these, all of these things pile up on the, these reasons, but have you ever known someone who uses the same excuse for why they can't do something for 10 years? Come on, be honest. If you've known someone that used the same excuse, I can't do it because I failed. Or it's like, I get it. I understand that. Or I, you know, I, it's too hard for me to get into medical school. Or, or, or it's too hard for me to learn all the information. Or I'm not used to, I, I'm not used to uh, talking that way. Or I'm not used to learning something new. I haven't learned in many years. And, and it, you know, it takes too much practice. It takes too much money. I've got to get all these permits if I'm ever going to build my dream thing. And I don't know anyone. And, and you know, it's a very political system here. And you've got to know this 
this person that one. I don't know anyone. And, um, you know, people are against my dream or someone already did my dream. And I was going to do it. I had the idea first, but someone just built the same thing I was going to build in the same place I was going to build it. And they got there first. There's a lot of external resistance. Uh, I, I understand that as well. Sometimes even people challenge you and, and they come against you personally. I don't think that there's as much external resistance, honestly, as I do internal. I think most of it starts internally. Uh, but I want to get to the third one before I deal with the other two. That's spiritual resistance. And spiritual resistance uh, is a combination of what the enemy says and what kind of our fallen nature that must be redeemed tries to tell us. It says you're not free. You don't deserve God's love. You're a prisoner to your own desires. If God really loved you, he wouldn't let you suffer. And I want to tell you that in order to deal with internal resistance and in order to deal with external resistance effectively, we must first deal with spiritual resistance. And I want you to look with me in Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. This is the way we deal with spiritual resistance. And look, look what Paul says. He says, what shall we say in response to these things? Here we go. If God is for us, read it with me, who can be against us. Let's read that together again. If God is for us, who can be? Come on, I want to hear you read it one time. Come on. If God is for us, Come on, look at the person next to you and say it together. Come on. If God Come on, can I get an amen from someone today? If God is for us, who can be against us? Hey, Colso, if God is for us, City of Life, South Orlando, if God is for us, who can be against us? It goes on to say, he who did not spare his own son, God gave his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us how many things? All things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Then he says, who then is the one who condemns? No one. That means no internal voice that comes from us can't condemn our future. No external force that is on the outside putting pressure on us, trying to stop us from meeting our goals. They have to shut up too. It says no one, Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Jesus is praying for me. He's praying for you. It says, who shall separate us from the love of God? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardships or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword or not enough money or not enough permits or I, I, I've never been to medical school. I don't know how to do it. I failed the test 10 times. Uh, this guy started the same business I wanted. What is able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? In verse 37, it says, no, in all things, we are more than conquerors. How? Through him that loved us. Boy, when we understand who we are in Christ, it is all about what Jesus has done for us already. It's about who we are in Christ that allows us to have the confidence and the excellent spirit to overcome our internal resistance, our external, are you with me here today? Our external resistance and the spiritual resistance that tries to shut us down. He says, for I'm convinced that neither life, nor death, nor permits, nor lack of money, 
nor can't get into medical school, nor I don't know anyone down at the county commissioner's office, nor things present, nor things future, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation that covers anything your brain can come up with shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So that means, you know what? It means get rid of your excuses because you don't have one that is valid enough to give you a reason on why you can't fulfill the destiny that God has put in your heart. Get rid of them. They're terrible. They don't work. They're tired. They're old. They keep you from your destiny and whatever it is. And, and so you're saying, well, what are you doing here? What are you trying to do here today? I'm trying to get you to think about whatever your inner resistance sounds like in your head. What is the thing that stops you? What is the line that keeps coming to you every time you try to excel? Is it, well, I mean, I just don't know how to build a website. Okay, well, we can solve that problem in life. If that's really the problem, if that's really, and, and you know what's funny is sometimes it is something as simple as that. Can I just tell you, just honestly, a quick story? I have wanted to start our Nona campus for two years. And I have been really looking very hard. I got everybody, all my entire team. We've been searching, searching for a location. The goal was to be on Sunday morning. In this service, I wanted to be streaming three services at the same time here, City of Life South Orlando, and Nona, all simultaneously through the technology that we're using. Can you know what happened? I was having a lot of trouble figuring out a place that we could meet on Sundays. But I found a place that we can meet on Saturdays. Okay, now what is better to meet on Saturday at 6 p.m. and to build a community there of people that get to know each other and love each other that find out we care about the community or just to never do it until I can find something on Sunday. To me, it's better to find an option that actually works now where I can move toward the dream that God has told me rather than coming up with all kind of these internal excuses on why we are not good enough. Come on, look at somebody next to you and say, you are good enough. You're good enough because Jesus gave everything for you. Let's be problem solvers. Let's be people that don't take no for an answer when the no is coming from our internal and external resistance. Let's be the kind of people that figure out solutions. Any great person that you have ever known is basically an advanced problem solver. Any great person that you have ever met, they are a specialized problem solver. That's what greatness really is. You know, when I, when I look at friends of mine that are successful in certain fields, what have they done? They have trained themselves on how to systematically identify and analyze problems that come up on a frequent basis and learn how to disarm them systematically. And they've developed skill sets on problem solving that makes them valuable to this world. You can figure out these things. With the help of the Lord, you can figure out these things. There, and, and, and what makes me mad is that we're willing, it's like, it's like Esau. He was so hungry that he traded his destiny for a bowl of soup. A bowl of soup. He, 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 he was so famished that his brother swindled him out of his destiny. He said, hey, I'll give you this. He was dying of hunger. He said, oh God, I'm so hungry. That smells so good. And, and he goes, okay, well, I'll give it to you if you give me your birthright. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'll take anything. Just give it to me. And in the same way, we trade away our destiny sometimes 
for things that have absolutely no value. Sometimes we see these walls that are in front of us that are, that honestly, if we just thought about it for a second, we could come up with some kind of plan B or some kind of workaround. But rather than do it, we let that be our excuse and it stops us from our destiny. I don't want you to do that. I love you too much as your friend and as your pastor to let you settle in your family. My family will never be, I've, I've heard people before say things like, you know, my family, I can't get any help in my marriage because we can't afford to go to a marriage conference. I, I mean, that's back when our marriage conference was like $25. But I mean, I've run into those people at the movies before. I don't think they let them in there for free. So I think whatever you put value on in life, you'll figure out a way to make it work. You'll, if, you, if you see value in it, you'll figure out a way to invest in it when you see the value. But if you don't see the value, you won't make the investment in your life. I don't wanna be like that. I don't wanna be that kind of person. Who we are in Christ, that's why I said internal, external, and spiritual. You have to deal with the spiritual first because only dealing with the spiritual first and finding your identity in Christ will let you go back to the other two and deal with them in the proper way that gives you victory. It has to do with having victory in Jesus. Hey, you are a conqueror today. I just read you that scripture. You are a conqueror because he loves you so much and he has won all of the victory already. Say, I am a conqueror. Come on. Come on, say, I'm a conqueror. Come on, say it with South Orlando. Say, I'm a conqueror. Okay, it means you, it means you have already won. You've already won. Now act like you've won. Okay, start living like you've won. You have, to, you have to have victory over the resistance in your life, but in order to have victory over the resistance, you must first recognize it, then you must challenge it. So you need to recognize there is resistance. Some of us don't want to admit we have internal resistance. So you gotta recognize it. What you refuse to recognize, you will never have victory over. You will never defeat something you refuse to recognize. So you have to recognize it. You have to challenge it. You say, well, what does that mean? It means challenge it. You see someone that is in your spot or in your space. If you know somebody walks up in my driveway without permission, I'm gonna say, what you doing, homie? I say, yeah, I'm walking in the driveway. You need to get out the driveway because that's my driveway. Or you need to ask permission or something like that because I'm from Alabama. I'll go crazy on you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You need to challenge someone. If someone says, I challenge you to a game of golf, even if you're better than me, something about that bothers me. Like I want to win. Like I just, I just want to win at golf. Like, or I challenge you to this, or I challenge you to, to a game of Scrabble. Please, someone challenge me. Someone, someone in this room challenge me to a game of Scrabble. I will take time out of my schedule. If we play by the official Scrabble Player's Dictionary, I will invite you to my house. We will have food and you will not beat me. But see, just talking about Scrabble, just talking about Scrabble. Just talking about challenging, please. Just talking about, talking about challenging. It just gets me fired up. But, but you know why? Because that is what your resistance does to you every day. Your resistance challenges you. And it, it, draw, it draws the line, it goes, hey, don't, don't come over here. Don't come over here and try to get your destiny. This belongs to me. You're too tired, get back over there. You're, you have low energy. Get back over there. You're bored. Get back over there and finish binge watching Netflix. You, you, you ain't got no energy. You, you ain't getting no six pack. Get back over there and eat that Oreo. 
You ain't having no great family. Get back over there. You ain't gonna talk to your wife and have a heart-to-heart conversation. Get back over there where you belong. Resistance challenges you at every turn that you try to move forward to have an excellent spirit the way Daniel did. It challenges you. It's time for you to start challenging resistance. It's time for you to look at resistance right in the eye and say, let me tell you something. That destiny doesn't belong to you. It belongs to me. And the Bible tells us that it says in, in, in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ephesians 6.12 says this, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. You say, well, what does that mean? It means the devil wants to keep you where you belong over here. The, the enemy, demonic forces are pushing back against you when you try to get your God-given destiny. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, For though we walk after the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What it means, what it, what it means is that, that it's not a flesh and blood battle when you get external resistance, you say, well, my, my boss, Bob, he's a jerk. I wish a meteor would fall on him. Hold on. My God, you're a Christian, first of all. It means, yeah, Bob may not be the nicest guy in the world, but what this is trying to tell us is it's not a flesh and blood battle. The problem is not Bob. The problem is Bob has got his own internal resistance. Bob has got his own external resistance. Bob has got his own spiritual resistance and he's losing the battle. So therefore, when we're confident in who we are in Christ Jesus, then we can start living out scriptures like Matthew chapter five. Love your enemies and pray for those who willfully persecute you. See, that's how you deal with external resistance. The, the, the Bible tells us that we serve a God in Romans 4, 17, it says we serve a God who calls things that be not as though they are. So it means that God speaks to situations that don't exist and he speaks them into existence. That's the way we deal with external resistance is we look at the brokenness in our life. Yeah, I may not have money to take that exam. I may not have that money to get into nursing school, but you know what? In Jesus name, I'm gonna start saving my money. I'm gonna start planning appropriately. I'm gonna do everything strategically and it will happen for me. Instead of speaking negative garbage over your life, start speaking the word of God over your life that in Jesus name, my family is gonna do better. In Jesus name, I'm gonna fulfill the destiny that God has purpose for my life. That's how you deal with external resistance, is you, you start talking like God talks. Man, an excellent spirit is one that is convinced that we serve an excellent God and that we're made in his image and that when we excel and we are above average, I just wanna be above average. I don't wanna just blend in. I don't wanna go through that monologue of, well, I've, I showed up on time and I preached the sermons the way they told me to and I, I raise, raise your hand if you need Jesus. Uh, really? Uh, is that the life that you wanna be comfortable with? Just, just meeting all these, the expectations that everyone else has? Or do you wanna see what you're capable of when you believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? I wanna find out. I wanna find out what we can do. I want to find out what city of life starts to look like when you walk out of here and go, 
darling, we're starting a business. When you walk out, you go, I've, I've said it long enough that I could never get that job. I'm just going to overcome that resistance. I want to find out what it looks like when someone goes, you know what? I can preach. I will preach it. Maybe I'm not super fluent, but neither was Moses. He had a speech impediment. And God used him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. I'm going to start believing what God says about my life, and I'm going to have an excellent spirit. I want to, I want to just close with this real quick. Years ago, this is like 20-something years ago, my dad wanted to have a television hung in a certain part of his house that there was no wires. So he brought in a company to run the wires and do everything for him. Okay, after spending hundreds of dollars with the number one company in all of Central Florida, the guy comes up to him and he says, I'm sorry, sir, the things that you have in your wall right there do not allow us to put a television right there. You're gonna have to find a different spot to hang that television. And my dad was like, man, what a bummer. I wish that we could have had it there. So the guy leaves and my dad thought, that's ridiculous. So you know what he did? He called a guy from our church who had zero experience in television. He didn't know anything about technical stuff whatsoever. But do you know what this guy could do? Anything. He's the kind of guy that just solved problems. And my dad had seen him solve problems before that seemed like unsolvable problems. So he just called him up. He said, look, I, I don't know if you got any experience with this, but this guy says, I can't hang this television. Will you come check it out? Within one hour, within one hour, a guy who had no expertise in technical things at all, had the TV already hanging perfectly with the wires run, with the wires run to the area. Why? He had an excellent spirit. And my dad got to the point where he says, you just give me somebody with an excellent spirit. You know what? Your employer is looking for someone with an ex excellent spirit. I believe there are investors that are running around out there that are looking for someone with an excellent spirit. I know that at City of Life, we're looking for people that have an excellent spirit just, just to connect with, just to partner with, that just want to serve. Man, God is looking for people with an excellent spirit. I love that about Daniel. Just, it just referred to him. He had an excellent spirit. When, when, when the leaders of Babylon looked at him, they said, who is this guy? I, I, that's what I want to be. I want to be that person. They go, who is this guy? I believe you're called to live that way. And I hope, I hope this has armed you today with some strategic information on the way that the devil has been trying to steal from you using internal, external, and spiritual resistance. Fight back today. Recognize it, challenge it, and defeat it in the name of Jesus. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.